Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. So today on the Sense of Soul, we're super excited. We have Deanne Rando, and she is a thought leader in spiritual and business development, whose mission is to elevate how we think and live. She is known as the modern day Willy Wonka for giving away her six-figure company called Your Holistic Earth, which is the first holistic healthcare system of its kind. She is also the owner of Rose Hope International, in which she helps those who are seeking more joy, love, freedom, and a deeper meaning in life. Deanne has had her share of rough patches. She had chronic illness and she also has had near-death experiences that I can't wait to talk to you about. She rebounded with 20 years of health education and a diverse healthcare career, including six health businesses. She has spoken at Harvard University, appeared on Shaw TV, Global Television, and CTV, and has been recognized as a visionary and business leader. Along with being an entrepreneur, Deanne is a mom of two bright kids, publisher, popular speaker, and an international best-selling author who uses her heart and her head to guide others to create their best life. We are so excited to have you on today. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you both. Oh, we are so excited that you're with us. And shout out to Alicia from That's My Renee for connecting us. Yay, Alicia. Um, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful connection. And one of the reasons why she connected us to you is because she was like, you have to have an Akashic Records done by Deanne because she's phenomenal. And so that's another thing you have done for how many years? Seven years. Very yeah. fun. It's so much fun. Yeah, I so, love doing the Akashic Records. So, and you live in Canada. I live in Canada. I live in Alberta. So I'm Alberta. in Robinson on the west side. Yeah, that's right. Were you always spiritual? Was your family like hippie, cool people or, uh, you know, a lot of people have made that assumption. It's interesting. It's like, you must've had a hippie upbringing, but in fact, my, my mom was Catholic. So my mom was French Canadian Catholic girl. And so I was raised in that Catholic belief system. But what was really interesting is my dad was not. So oftentimes it would just be me and my sisters and my mom going to church and dad would just stay back and have his alone time, which he probably needed <laughs> with three girls and his wife, obviously, you know, he had his plate full too. You know, when things started to happen for me, it happened when I was five, I was eating one of those round jawbreaker candies. I don't know why they even yes. let me eat those. <laughs> I know, right. Why is that a candy? <laughs> but, right. Like, and so my dad was like, Deanne, go sit down before you choke. And I turned to go sit down. And of course I took a breath in and I choked. So that jawbreaker got lodged in my throat. My dad came running over. He wrapped his arms around my waist. He, you know, started doing the Heimlich. Nothing was happening. Like he could not get the jawbreaker out. And so I went limp in his arms and he guided me to the floor. And at that moment, I actually had an out-of-body experience. So, you know, at five years old, I don't even know if I really knew what was going on, but I remember, I remember floating above and I remember not feeling afraid. I was not afraid. I felt peace and I felt comfort. And yet there was this chaos happening below me. My dad was struggling, fighting to get this jawbreaker out. I could see my sister. She was peeking her head around the corner. And I remember my mom running to the phone. These are all things, by the way, that my mom was like, how do you know I went to the phone? I'm like, well, I saw you. She's like, how? You were unconscious, right? And so my dad actually, you know what he did? He used his thumb. He took his thumb wow. and he... 
he was able to push against my throat and get a little bit of wiggle room in there. Yeah. Wow. Like to get an instincts. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, I have yeah. to get this out. And so he got it out, got me breathing again. And, you know, yes, I had a sore throat. All the blood vessels in my face were broken. So I looked like, a oh my gosh, purple, you know, like blueberry. Um, but within a couple of weeks, you know, those physical symptoms went away. My throat wasn't sore anymore. And yet I felt something different, you know, even at that age, I felt something different. And so that's when mom really started to notice I was having really lucid dreams. So my dreams would be very real. I was awake in them. Many of them, I would feel awake in them. At least I spent a lot of nights sneaking into mom and dad's room and sleeping on the floor. Cause I was scared. Do you remember any of those dreams now? Oh yes. Yes. To wow. this day. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them were so powerful and profound. Like I had a lot of battles, you know, they were a lot of nightmares. I mean, I had great dreams too. I have like I have flying dreams actually just had one a couple days ago. The flying dreams are the best. Um, I just absolutely love those ones. Um, But yeah, I would have a lot of very lucid, real dreams to the point where like people would die in my dreams. And so I'd wake up and I'd be like, mom, you know, one morning I remember I said, you know, Tyler's mom died last night and she, her jaw dropped because she was like, how do you know that? And I was like, well, it was, it, Oh no way. They told me in my dream. My mom was like, I just got off the phone with the neighbor telling me that that had happened. She's like, this is like, so my mom, you know, bless her heart, always raised me to just lead with love and, um, and all of those things. But, you know, she really didn't know what to do with what I was sharing with her. Right. She didn't know how to help me to know that it was okay or to encourage, you know, the gifts that I had, you know, didn't understand it. And so I could sense that in her you know? And so I just started tucking some of these things away. You know, I would tell her sometimes cause she would create this safe space for me to go to her. But sometimes I was like, well, that feels like a burden. I just won't share that information. You know, I'll just keep it to myself. And so I did. And so I, you know, I kept, I kept my mouth fairly quiet for most of my childhood and even my teenage years when I knew my intuition was definitely a thing and still would shove it away. Cause like, Oh, that's weird. And people don't do that. Like people don't pay attention to their intuition. I need to use my logical brain, you know, my ego brain to move through the world. And so I just kept pushing it aside. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. And thank God your dad knew what to do. I can remember um, I was sitting at Shanna's home. Gosh, Shanna, this was like your first house in Aurora. And I forget, it must've been, I think it was Lindsay choked on a Dorito. Oh, on a chip. You were there. Yes. And it yeah, was like, so I had, a, I think I actually called my one. <laughs> well, so we I, had to basically like stick our entire hand down her throat. Got like lodged in there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when they're pokey, like they're pokey. Yeah. Oh, but a jawbreaker. Oh my God. And I've choked once and it was so scary. It's terrifying. So you can relate to me and what it's like to literally not be able to breathe. It's yes. like the worst feeling ever. I do find it odd, and I don't know if you two do as well, but how your first near-death experiences both were out-of-body experiences, which I find is interesting, but then like your second wasn't because you both have had, you know, 
a few. I mean, you guys are just strange. I mean, you guys just have a bunch of like near death. I, I I feel like totally ass out of this conversation. <laughs> Not that I want one. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is interesting, Shanna. I wonder if that's a thing. Like, I wonder. Right. If someone else. Know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah listeners, like, if you have had that, then let us know, because I think it's very interesting. I know along my journey, I'll make a connection with a few people and then we put it out there. We start connecting with so many more people and putting kind yeah. of like this common occurrence together who knows for a lot of people with the near death is they do have that out of body you know but they they don't necessarily have an angelic experience unless they've been out of body for a long period of time like sometimes right so yeah I'd be curious yeah I was gonna say that I've put some thought into it and I think it's important to let the listeners know and this is just my my experience and my opinion that when I learned about soul retrieval that the the shamans do Mm -hmm. i realized that a lot of people on these near-death experience support groups that i'm part of they didn't actually like code red they didn't like you know their hearts didn't stop so Mm -hmm. you hear these stories and you're like wait a minute you didn't actually die so how did you have a near-death experience i believe that our souls are that powerful that when you are going through something so traumatic And that's why I also believe people that we've had on our podcast in the past have had near-death experiences, even though they were totally alive, because when your soul is hurting or needs protection, it can choose to leave for a moment to protect you. And maybe also it's the level of dimensions that, you know, people get to in the length of time, possibly. Well, I think this also taps into astral projection and our ability to actually leave our physical bodies, right? And so I do believe, I would agree with Mandy in some sense there, like I, my second near death, my heart didn't stop. It didn't. But let me tell you, I was surrounded by angels and I, it was so crystal clear and it was so vivid and it was so real for me. Like that was as close to heaven as I think that you can get on this particular plane so I would agree that these near deaths is not necessarily defined by your heart stopping but by this experience this divine experience that totally shifts your consciousness or your awareness of consciousness when people do DMT they have similar experiences as to near-death experience yeah let me ask you a question Deanne did your angels have wings so they're orbs of light. So how they actually show themselves is that as light beings. So I know that we depict them as like having human characteristics, because I think that it just is easier for us as human beings to like receive and acknowledge that versus like these energies of light. Right. And so for me, they were all different colors, by the way, it's like, if you could imagine every vibrant color known to our ability, like that's what they were, but they were much bigger than me. And then they had these extra different colored orbs of light behind them, which I believe was, is depicted as their wings, if you will. Right. And so that's how they manifested for me in that particular moment. But again, every one of our experiences are going to be different based on what our needs are, what our beliefs are, everything. Right. And so that experience may have been perceived differently by somebody else. What was really interesting about my second near death is, by the way, I had had a knee surgery and I was recovering. And so 
Um, I reacted to some of the medication, my blood pressure dropped and I went unconscious. My brother-in-law had caught me before I fell to the floor in that particular experience. And what was really interesting is that days after, as I'm explaining this angelic experience, because at the time when he caught me, I just came to, and I didn't really know. I'm like, do I tell him that I was just like went to heaven or saw angels? Like I was like, uh, I don't know. He might think I've lost my mind kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So it took me a couple of days to really start talking about that experience. And days later, I'm in the kitchen with a girlfriend that I feel safe to tell the story to. And I'm telling her about these angels and I'm telling her about my experience. And my brother-in-law, he was living with me at the time. He came running into the room and he slammed his hand on the counter. He said, I knew it. He said, I felt total peace. I felt the angels. I thought that you had died and they had come to take you, but I wasn't scared. And he said, once I felt into the angels, he's like, I just knew it was going to be okay. And this is coming from a, like a typical man, you know, rugged contractor construction kind of guy. And so what that did for me is it validated my experience. And I think for a lot of people listening, you know, they might be holding back on sharing their stories or their experiences because they're afraid they're going to be judged or they're going to, they're afraid someone's going to think they're nuts. But truly, the more we share these experiences and the more we share these stories, the more magic happens in the world, the more we realize how not alone we are, that other people have experienced these things. And it just creates this beautiful ripple of inspiration. So I encourage people, share your stories, share them. They're brilliant. I couldn't agree more. I'm all about the sharing. I'm glad that it was your knee on the second near-death experience, because if it was a piece of candy, I was going to say you were definitely like Willy Wonka in your past life. You talked about Willy Wonka in your bio. You talked about a jawbreaker and then a feeling like a blueberry when you couldn't breathe, which reminded me of the chick and Willy oh Wonka. My <laughs> we're channeling Willy Wonka energy today, apparently. I know. Jean, we are. Good old Jean's here with us. Oh my gosh. I love it. So funny. So yeah, my angels didn't have wings, but I think you're right. You know, they presented themselves to me in like this human form because that's what didn't terrify me. And, and welcome, that was what was welcoming to me. Right. My angels look like Brad Pitt, you know, are super freaking hot. And so, and that's what aligns with me. <laughs> I have to share the coolest story with you guys. I went to, so John Woodruff, the fireman who saved me, he turned 50 last week. And so he had a little birthday party. So I go to this clubhouse and I'm just sitting on the couch with this, this girl and we're like, you look familiar. And she's like, you look familiar. Well, we ended up figuring out that we went to high school together and we had all these synchronicities. Well, then I asked her what she did for a living. And she told me she was a nurse at Parker Adventist, which is where I was in the ICU in a coma. And I started telling her about the angels that I would see there. So she starts sharing with me angels that she's seen there. And then to take it up a notch, she goes, did you know they specifically made that hospital look like an angel? So she got on her phone and she looked up the aerial view and the building looked like angel wings and an angel down the middle. It is so beautiful. No way. I love yeah. that. Isn't that awesome? Oh, I have, have to bumps. post that a picture. That is amazing. And so that just makes you think about how much people think of like the aerial views from above when you think about architecture and why would DIA have a swastika as a runway system, <laughs> which is part of a huge conspiracy here in Colorado. DIA has some very strange freaking things, but that's, that's interesting. Yeah. You wonder like, do our landmarks manifest and attract 
what they're shaped as? This is actually really important because there's an energetic imprint everywhere. So yes. when you think about the location of the Holocaust, actually, I was listening to uh, Brene Brown's podcast the other day, and she had Dr. Edith Egger on there. And Dr. Edith Egger is a survivor of the Holocaust. And one of the things that was coming up around that is the fact that there's an energetic imprint. And if you look at research, you can see that like hundreds and thousands of years before in these particular locations, the stuff that went down on those particular locations is extraordinary. We have an area here where I live and I've done numerous house clearings in that area. It's got bad vibes. There was a battle on there on that land right. before, or there was murders on that land or something. And there's like some negative mojo going on there. We know that there is like this energetic imprint that takes place. That's why there's places like Machu Picchu that have this, they're really high energy epicenters, right? And so we know that this is actually a historical energetic imprint. And so it will attract and it will create very similar levels of vibrational energy and frequency in those areas. What about that Indian head mountain in Canada? Have you ever seen that? I've nice. never been there. Yeah. Never. But that's extraordinary. I mean, if, you know, then they only just discovered this because of an aerial view. Right. And speaking to what you just said, I'm absolutely going through that right now. Wow. I've been, Mandy, to tell you that I have been like all week trying to figure out there's like this one particular area called Plaquemines Parish where my family is from. And we're talking like they had slavery, they had hurricanes destroyed over and over and over and over. They had, you know, major civil war forts there they, it, for 50 years, like the most racist, you know, politician ran that parish. Then you had Hurricane Katrina, which pretty much wiped it out completely. And then they have BP oil spill, which then devastated their entire life still today. That was like 15 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever it was. So there's only 186 people left in this, this one fishing community that at one point most of my ancestors were from. So I was trying to figure out like, what has gone wrong here? Mm. So I come across this legend and myth oh. that in the 1800s, they killed a priest because he did something really bad. Mm. And that it's said that there's a curse. Ah. I was like oh my gosh so that's kind of weird that you mentioned that but you're right and I feel that way living in my house I have a lot of activity like I have a lot of like you know things moving around in this whole area but we live on an old you know Indian burial ground area yes speaking of spirits I've never had this before I've only smelt a spirit once and it was my husband's grandfather Mm. since we've been on I'm not too sure I like this one. Kurt's grandfather smells musky. I'm smelling a a man, a very tall, powerful man. He worked in the fields and he, um, I'm smelling manure. He would like shovel horse shit. Mm. I don't know what that's about, but just throwing it out there. (laughs) Interesting. There's so much energy. Like there's so much that we don't see that we just ignore. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's this beautiful opportunity for us to see what we cannot see or what we have not seen yet and to feel into. I mean, they say that God communicates through feeling. And so if that's the case, why aren't we feeling into things more? Why aren't we allowing our feelings to be our main form of communication? Yeah. 
yeah. right? Testing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. You know, and you know, Mandy, that could have very well been my Pepe, by the way. Um, who worked on the farm and had horses. Yeah, it's strong. And I remember walking through the, the cow shit to go mm. out to the cows um, to check on them or whatever. We always- Yeah, it, it must be you then, girl, because mine would have smelled like some crab. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, you guys, it was, it's so strong and it's coming in waves that I was literally looking around me like, did my dog just come in here and take a shit? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very distinct smell like a dog shit smells like a dog shit a manure or animal like cows and horses and farm shit has a totally different smell than like a dog shit yeah interesting <laughs> this yeah. is like oh, mandy strong. i hope you don't start getting a reaction because <laughs> <laughs> i'm allergic to it <laughs> you know what Deanne? um thank you for bringing that up though i i feel like that should be like the motto like why don't we try to get into those feelings. Like we feel them and then we just rush through them because life is so busy. Why is that? Is it fear? Is it because well, that's how we've been conditioned? And it's just like your dad had that instinct. You know, he listened to it. He yeah. was present. He was present enough and desperate enough because of his love for you. But the thing is, is we get those all day long if we're able to be quiet with ourselves and listen. That's exactly it. And you know, by the way, you're not supposed to do that. Like my dad went against everything he was taught he? Oh God. in order to get that jawbreaker out. Right. Yeah, and right. So it's it's instance, not right? always about what we've been told or taught. What we uh-huh. are being called to right now, ladies, is we are being asked to remember who we really are. Yeah. This isn't even about learning. It's remembering. It's remembering how we are supposed to be, who we are supposed to be. And so when we can pause and we can take that time to remember the power that we have to create and manifest whatever we want really comes to the surface. And I'll give you an example. I want to share this story with you because it's another one of my angel stories. We have a property down in Mexico and it's on the Baja Peninsula. It's in a very tiny village called Mulahe. So it's off the beaten track. We're not in touristy Cabo or Cancun. We're like in the middle of nowhere right and so we get told about this beautiful shell beach where we can go and collect all sorts of shells like the whole beach is shells right and so we find this little village and then from the village we figure out we got to go down this like basically this desert road about 20 miles to get to this beach so we don't really know where we are or where we're going but we're like we're on an adventure and so we head out to this beach We get out, oh my God, the shells are everywhere, all shapes and sizes. Some of them are like fully intact, beautiful shells. It's plus 42 degrees Celsius. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's freaking hot, especially for a Canadian gal like me, right? So we hop in the ocean and we're packing up the truck because we're like, it's too hot for us. We got to get out of here. When we get in the truck, we go to leave, the tires begin to spin. And the harder we try to get out, the deeper we sink. It's like we're in quicksand or something, right? And so like we start panicking. Like my partner, Dan is like, oh my God, like I can, I can get us out of this. It's okay. You know, we're from Alberta. We can get out of stuck places really easily. We're used to snow. Like it's okay. But snow is not like sand. And, um, and so we tried for about 10 minutes Our phones, by the way, no cell service here. Okay. So just so you know, there is nobody for miles. We did not see a single soul. We saw wild horses. That was all we had seen on our whole trip out there. And so fear comes up. Right. And I'm like, 
oh my God, oh my God. And of course I'd watched Narcos Mexico the whole flight down. So in my mind, in my mind, the cartel, you know, you know, they're going to come and we're dead. Right. Or we're walking or hiking through the desert and we come across some like grow up or something and we're dead. So that's where my mind goes, which is totally irrational, but still that's what's going through my mind. And then all of a sudden I just took a deep breath and I started to listen. And I heard in my mind, I heard you need to pack up and you need to start walking. So I said to Dan, I said, Dan, let's pack it up. We're going to start walking. I'm packing. He's still trying to get unstuck. I meanwhile, I'm packing up because I've been told in my, you know, I've, I've heard the message and I'm like, we got to start moving. So we start walking and I hear another voice that says, why aren't you asking the angels for help right now? Like, hello. And I was like, oh yeah. So then I started praying. So as we're walking, I'm praying and I'm like, okay, angels, can you get us a way out of this? We need a way out of this. I cannot imagine how I'm going to walk 20 miles and plus 42 degrees Celsius and not die of heat stroke at this point or heat exhaustion or whatever. So after I, you know, set that intention and, and, and said that prayer, ladies, not more than you know, 10 more yards I walked and over the horizon comes a white, white. one duly pickup truck with yeah. a winch on the front. Okay. If you've ever been to Mexico, you know that these are like impossible. Okay. Oh my gosh. It was like the perfect truck at the perfect time. And if we wouldn't have had started walking when we did, we would have missed the truck. We wow. wouldn't. Yeah. So needless to say, it was a lovely gentleman from Oregon, actually, who had moved down to Mexico year round and he got us out of there. Um, And so the day, the day was saved. I think what it does is, you know, if I wouldn't have listened to like walk now, we Mm -hmm. would have missed that opportunity. Right. And, and I would think, I'd like to think that my prayer to ask the angels also helped a little bit too, but I had already been listening at that point. So the point is, when we slow down, when we listen, we can receive these invitations, the information, the insights that are there to help us to yeah. make our lives easier and not harder. Yeah. And they've been there all along. You have oh. felt them in your stomach, in your oh. chest, you know, in your head. I mean, I, I'm constantly, so discernment is such a huge thing of what I am constantly preaching, preaching to people because I'm like, when did we stop listening to that gut? When did we stop listening and reading how to be a mother from some books, a man wrote, you know, I mean, come on people, yeah. you know, what does your gut tell you? And especially women we're so intuitive, you oh. know, we're so intuitive. Yeah, and we we've lost that because we have no self-trust. Oh, and by the way, wasn't it you the last time I talked to you? I, I knew what you were going to say. Like that whole, was it? It was. Okay, because the whole time you were talking, I saw everything before it happened. Oh. I mean, I knew, I saw the white truck and I saw everything. I, that's, that's interesting. I love I know. that. <laughs> well, and you know, I want to add to what you're saying, Shanna, because I think it's really important. So, you know, thousands of years ago, our ego minds were in place for escaping predators for survival. And now our ego minds actually don't know their place. So the ego minds went rampant in us. And so we've actually been conditioned to allow those ego minds to become such a key part of our decision-making, our pathway, everything. 
right? And so what I oftentimes talk to is the fact that our ego minds need to be put in place. You know, we need our ego minds. We're human after all. And so we do need to move forward as human beings in this, in this physical world that we live in. However, the ego mind doesn't know its place anymore. And so put it in its place and doing something very simple by saying, even, you know, when something comes up and you're like, well, my heart wants this, but my head logically says this, you know, you can say, thanks, ego mind, but I've got this. And I say that to myself many times in a day because that ego mind always pops up. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about or you can't do that. We had on a guest who called it her drunk best friend, (laughs) right? (laughs) She was like, okay, drunk best friend. I'm not (laughs) listening to you right now. You're not in your right mind. (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? I love it. I know someone who called hers PDB, which was Pillsbury Dobich. (laughs) what she called hers um and you hear itty bitty shitty committee like I have not made my ego mind yet but you know yeah yeah. Um, tell us what your ego name is I would love to hear seriously of course Deanne yours has to be something that has to do with Willy Wonka okay yeah (laughs) anonymous they say that it's someone you know in your head taking up too much space who's not paying rent yeah yeah exactly I always think of it as like the old cartoons with like the little angel on the on the shoulder on the ride and the little devil on the left yeah like that's how I I used to see it it's just out of control and if you don't even realize it then it's really freaking out of control it is actually your full control and the person who's driving that's scary And Deanne, I love your story so much. That was a freaking amazing story, by the way, because I have to bring myself to remember things like that. Like I'll I'll never forget one time I saw someone share a story about how they were going to go one route, but they decided to go another way, just very last minute. And then found out the route that they normally took, there was a massive car accident and they would have been right smack in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we get frustrated with traffic, we can just breathe, stop and say, you know what, there's a reason we've been detoured. There's a reason why traffic is stopped and just taking those moments to thank those angels. And I, I say this all the time. Why is it that we don't talk to the most important spiritual guides you know enough it's like we always go to the worldly things the books the googles the friends yeah it's you know there's such divine wisdom at our fingertips but we forget because we cannot see it it's unfortunate that most of us as human beings need to see, need to have a tangible connection because the truth is this world is actually all based on energetics. It's all energy and we don't need to see all of the energy. You can feel it. Like, don't tell me that you've never walked into a room where someone just had a fight and you don't feel the tension, right? You feel it. And so why can't we begin to feel into this bigger world that exists and really leverage that for our higher good. And I mean, that's what one of the things I focus on teaching people with the Akashic Records is how do you communicate with your spiritual team? Because we all have a spiritual team. Everybody has a spiritual team. It exists. We, I've, I've witnessed it time and time and time again, this deeper sense of soul connection and these energies that come in to support us. So I know that for people who have never had a near death experience, like I have to witness that and to validate that 
they might be skeptical. I was a skeptical much of my life. My, my background was all science, right? I wasn't into the woo. It was science, but I knew there was something more and I felt it. And that's what I've really been in this deep discovery about is really exploring what that is and feeling into that. And now I'm trying to help other people to do the same because let me tell you, my world has become so much easier. I don't feel depressed and like I'm trying so hard and exhausted like I had for so much of my life and searching for happiness outside of myself was the other thing I did a lot of you know I'll be happy when anybody do that you know I'll be happy when the bill is right and so it's like okay that's not where you find happiness everything that you need is actually found within yourself and then from there you can understand the connection and the deeper sense and the wisdom that exists that you can start to tap into. So it's a really beautiful process when we can really start to sink into that and begin those pathways of communication. And it doesn't have to be difficult. It's in fact, it's not supposed to be. So Akashic Records can help you get all of that, right? Can help you kind of get in tune with that. But generally, why would somebody want to have their Akashic Records read? You know, I'm going to give you a little backstory. I took the Akashic Records because I was like, "Mm, you can't go into someone's soul's library. Like that's, that's not a thing. So I took it as a skeptic. You know, I really did. Someone had told me that they did it. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. And I was just curious. Something drew me into it. It It's like, you need to pay attention to this. So I listened and I took the course really going in thinking, I'm not sure if I buy this. Oh my gosh. The floodgates opened in that program in a way that I couldn't have ever imagined. I had no intention of doing this work. That wasn't part of my pathway that I had created for myself. But when I took that program, it was so compelling. And I saw things and experienced things that I had never before in my life. And not only that, but being able to go into a place of this divine consciousness, because that's what really what you're doing with the Akashic Records is you're going into this divine conscious space and tapping into someone's library, their soul's library. So this is where we keep the records, the energetic imprint of everything that your soul has experienced up until now. And so what the, the beauty in that is that we can deepen our understanding of who we are and why certain things trigger us and why certain cycles keep happening. And we can learn how to break those cycles or move through those cycles in a much easier way. So the Akashic Records does that, but it also does so much more because by going into that divine space, what happens is we get a bit of a soul massage. So a lot of people will call their sessions with me soul massages because there is this like tweaking, this energetic shifting that happens simply by us becoming aware that we are in this higher vibrational frequency, this higher dimensional consciousness. And the Akashic records have been around for a really long time. They've been using the records, by the way. So it's actually not a new, new thing. It's just that now it's starting to become a little bit more mainstream and people are like, oh, wait, I've heard of that. What is that again? Um, And so it's, um, it can also help you as you had asked originally Shanna about the, the connection or how we can connect with our guides. So when we go into the records, what it does is it creates a bit of a container, if you will, a sacred space, I call it. And so within that sacred space, it's like, we can get really specific about what type of energies we want to invite in. So oftentimes in the records, I'll get past loved ones that come for visits, right? Or I'll get the spirit guides coming in and you can absolutely 
absolutely connect with spirit guides without the Akashic records. But the, the beauty in the Akashic records is that it's so um, structured that it allows you to shine your light as brightly as you need it to be. And so there's some sort of magic thing that I don't even understand yet around going into the records and using that space to then connect with all these other energies. So do you do the method of calling on the records like Linda Howe suggests? I do use Linda Howe's teachings. Yeah, that's how I was trained. But you can also uh, connect with the records through different types of meditations. Just a few weeks ago, they started giving me a downloaded prayer that I will probably eventually move to. I have only got parts of it so far. But I think that there's even some people that just tap into the records without even knowing that they're tapped into the records. Wow. yeah. What would we see? I mean, like what would one might see if they, if that happens to them? Well, the experience is different for everybody. So I know for me, when I first started going to the records, I could see like it was white and I could see these grand columns. That's a very common one. Okay. Other people have said that they see like a library. Some people actually get pitch black. So the people that are not clairvoyance, um, that are not so visionary, but maybe they're more auditory. Maybe they're more feely. Maybe they're more clairvoyant cognizant, right? So they sometimes will just see black, but they'll feel this different frequency or energy within that space. And then because it's so, you know, black, they can then receive information through the other channels. So it's not always a visual experience for people. It really depends on the dominant way in which you communicate. Um, And I've touched on, you know, clairvoyancy, that's clear seeing, clairaudience, your clear hearing, clairsentience, clear feeling, and claircognizance is clear knowing. So, and, and by the way, I think it's the, I think it's Claire Gustin's is the clear smelling. And there's also a clear tasting one too, Mandy. Those two are not talked about very much. I don't want to, I don't want to taste manure right now. No, 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 not so good. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you in my experience, I had a very direct message and the synchronicity between what I experienced in my Akashic records reading was beautiful because I walked into this library and I turned into a dove and I flew Mm -hmm. up to like my book and this bird carried this like 150 pound golden paged book down to the ground. And then I came back in the human form and sat with the book. So we do all have our own experiences. But then I found out later that one of my spirit guides, I asked its name and he said Culver. And I looked up what that meant and it means dove. So, I mean- yeah. There's a lot of, you know, those cool uh, things, synchronicities that end up being very valid. But yeah, hers was very, very interesting. Uh, what is the history of the Akashic records? Akasha is Sanskrit for primordial substance or beginning of time. Okay, so that's why it's been given the name Akashics. Okay. Um, but, but I do believe even Jesus would tap into this divine consciousness for all of his healings. Well, can I actually tell you what I find is very funny is that our next episode that we'll be releasing, not after this one. Well, actually, yes, because I'm sneaking you in. <laughs> so the one that we're releasing after you is um, he is a rabbi and he talks about how um, like a practice of um, Judaism from the beginning of times was going into these caves and they would burn this tree, Akasha. Mm -hmm. Kasha wood is what he said and they would hallucinate and a lot of their freaking stories in the bible were from that 
Yes. And yes. And in these caves, they found tablets of like a book with readings. But yes, Shanna, I forgot about that. The Akasha yes. Wood was where they were getting their messages. Yes. Whoa. Yes. So this is, you know, this is God consciousness that we're tapping into. You know, this is that creator consciousness that we get to take that sneak peek and we get to uncover all sorts of things about who we are. And one of the things that I really encourage people to do, be curious, be curious, you know, don't just be like, oh, I'm being blocked. I'm not, you know, whatever. No, why? What is that about? What's the story behind that? And are you really being blocked? Is that really true? Because we tell ourselves all these things that we've made up without having all the information or without even understanding what that is. And so be curious. And the more curious you are, the more magic you get to discover. It's fun. But see, and a lot of people get so frustrated because they want to see everything. They don't want to just see the back. They want to see what everyone else is talking about. And you know what? You know what my answer to that is? Because from my experience is that sometimes we're just not in a place where we're ready to receive these things. That's right. You know, I mean, I know that the stuff that I've received over the past year, I have received because I have now gained tools to be able to give myself some nurturing during that receiving and prior did not have. So had I received it may have made me crazy or something, who knows? So you just have to trust that whatever you see is right. Yes. So I think that for me, if I wouldn't have started with the foundation of self-love, then the Akashic records might not have come through for me in such a simplistic clear way because when I when my first step of self-love was there it allowed me to trust not only my intuition but my imagination and my imagination I used to think of as you know something that you just have as a child when you're playing with Barbies right and I think the word imagination has been like shoved under a rug and it's just used as like not real And I think that it has been such a disservice because I think it's the most real thing probably that there is. Yes. Everything that has been created started with thought and that is our imagination. And so we forget that, right? We forget that, that it started with a thought. It started with an energy, a stream of energy, and then was created and shifted into something else, right? Yeah. So let me ask you, I got off of this group Akashic record meditation reading, and I did get a very profound message and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't have any guidance. What would you suggest? And what do you do with your clients? So there's a couple things. And I mean, these are going to be like, you know, typical, I think for most ahas or most, most epiphanies or most shifts, but number one, write it down. So when, when we leave it all up here, it's like, imagine puzzle pieces floating around up here. Right. And if we don't take it down from that floating space, what happens is it feels overwhelming and it feels an intangible. Oftentimes we end up ignoring or putting it aside. Cause we're like, well, I don't get it. I can't use it. Blah, right. So rather than do that, I encourage you, first of all, to get it out. So whether it's through speaking, predominantly writing is one of the best things you can do. And so writing out what that experience was, because as you're writing, you're going to get more insight and information. 
Of course, speaking it as well is also very beneficial. Speak to somebody that knows a little bit about it. You know, they don't need to know everything. They don't need to be the guru of spirituality, but they could just be a friend or something. You know, Mandy, it could be Shanna that you pick up the phone. And I know you guys do that a lot with each other where you're like, oh my God, this happened. What's this about? You can even email sense of soul. We love hearing that shit too. So you have it. outlets for that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that oftentimes we get messages and then we're like more confused. So yeah. that might happen yeah. to some people too, where they're like, oh my God, that's a great epiphany. But now I'm really confused. Now I really don't know what to do or how to, what direction to go or whatever. And so I often invite people, if that's the case, it's not time for the decision yet. Like mm -hmm. take a step back, get in that pause mode, slow down to move ahead. And so when you can do that, when you can take that step back, what oftentimes happens is more information comes for you that will yeah. clarify. So it's like a tease, tease right. for you to slow down so that you can receive the rest of it. The rest of the message. Because do you feel yeah. like the higher your vibration is, of course, the higher or the more likely you'll be able to connect, maybe receive more of it, or does it matter? You know, I know people who have been in very low vibration states that have gotten really still oh that's awesome that's yes. super cool but it's because they're ready to receive that and they don't want to be in okay. that vibration state so people right. that have been really depressed or suicidal right. sometimes that's when the angels come and say oh yeah. yeah so you can learn about past lives you can learn about like your purpose of course we said angels and guides can you sometimes see the future in the cash of records yeah yeah so i mean i'm precognitive you know so i sense things before they happen i also receive divine pathways now i give a caveat with this because when we're talking about psychic prediction or future prediction, I'm not necessarily doing prediction. What I am saying is that I feel this energy. Like I can oftentimes feel if there's a new energy coming in or a loved one coming in for a person, but that will depend on the person. We have the power of free will. So just because yeah. I say, Hey, this pathway looks really good. And you know, you should start a business or you should do this doesn't mean that you have to do it. If you do do it, chances are you'll feel most fulfilled and you'll feel better about it, but you can choose not to do it. And so that's the only caveat I give with any future predictions. And even with people who are going to psychics, remember energy changes, it changes all the time. And so one decision here can have a ripple effect on this pathway. And so what I do is I actually pull out the highest divine pathways for people. I'm not here to tell you when something's going to happen or when it's going to change. We don't ask when questions. We ask, why do I feel this way? Or what is this situation all about? But we don't ask when, because the when's not really as important, really. We think it is in our minds, but it's not. It's actually about what is going to serve me the best in this particular moment. And so that's where we focus most of our energy. It doesn't mean we can't pull out the pathways, but it's not as serving because what happens in our human minds is that we get attached to that outcome. It's like, oh, there's a new man coming into my life. Oh, and then they're attached to that outcome. And then they're waiting for that. And then, and then they're blocking it and they don't realize it and they want it so bad and they're in scarcity and they're actually lowering their vibration. So it can actually create a lot of 
torment versus inspiration and excitement. And yes, I do provide hope for people, but not necessarily in the way that some might think of like, oh my God, she's going to tell me my house is going to sell and then I'll feel relieved. Right. It's like, it doesn't quite work that way. Right. What's going to show is going to be the most significant thing to assist you on your spiritual journey. Yeah. And wait, I just also have to just say real quick. I remember another thing is happening that the last time I talked to you, it's so fucking weird. I feel like I'm having a hot flash and I'm about to take off my shirt. Look how red I am, you guys. I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, like this happened the last time I talked to you. Wow. The very first time we got on a Zoom with you, Deanne, I remember instantly feeling this connection when I looked at your face and Shanna's. Like, I feel like somewhere you guys have known each other or in your ancestry, you might find you're related or something. Yeah, yeah, Shanna, I feel that too. I definitely feel like there's a sacred connection. There. I can't believe how like my body is like this happened last time I talked to you. I never well, ever go ahead and take either. your shirt off, Shanna. We'll I do know. a blooper it's video so for uh, Gavin. Do you remember that? I was like our bodies will respond physically though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Vibrational frequencies. Yeah. It's right. Like the goosebumps, you know, when you get the right. hairs and whatever, you know, angels oftentimes will communicate with like itching or tingling sensations for a lot of people. Right. Like, so there's a lot of these physical responses that we go through in response to the energy that's being brought. Cause you know, we're really in sacred space together. We might not be in the physical space together, but this is sacred space. It right. is, but I mean, I don't always get like this. <laughs> I know. I mean, we've had some really cute guys on here too. You think I really got all hot? <laughs> I mean, oh my God. I love you. Oh, that is I, I, it's strange. It's very strange. But so it. is it okay? How often should people get Kashuk records? You know, I have clients that come back uh, on a monthly basis. I don't know that there's really a, a rule of thumb, but I do know this. The more you go into the records, the more you increase your vibrational frequency and the more wisdom and insight you have so that you can move through your life in an easier way. Uh, you can teach yourself to do the records. You can take programs to learn how to do the records. You could even do the records as a business like I do um, and read for other people. So there's a lot of different ways that you can utilize or take advantage of the Akashic records, but there's not really of like, oh, well, you have to do it once a week, like, or it's like meditation, you have to do it every day. Right. I, I leave that to what, what you feel drawn to. On my clear ancestry workshop, we got it in there because it is also a great way to be able to connect to your ancestry, your ancestors. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It, it's a brilliant way to connect with your ancestors. And actually, since I started doing the records, I've been able to get to know some of my spirit guides, which are also many of them are ancestors as well. So okay. I have a medicine woman who's indigenous. That is one of my main guides. She walks with me when I go for walks in the river valley. She's with me. She gives me a lot of divine insight and wisdom. And that that occurred or that relationship was forged out of the records so not to say that I couldn't have forged that wow. relationship outside of the records, but it expedited it. And that's one of the things that the records do. It expedites your life in a way and not in a bad way, not in a hurried way, but in a way that helps you to see, helps things to manifest in right. such a more divine way. And it's like, it's like, it's kind of like taking the direct route instead of the winding path. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the Akashic records really helps us to do. I had a Métis medicine man in my tree and, you know, I was like, what is a Métis? 
What is a Metis? Who they were first nation. What, what nation, you know, I was so confused. I'd never even heard of them. And now it's such a significant part of my healing um, sessions and my journey. It's so well, amazing. And I think that goes back to what Deanne said. And Deanne, I love that you said this, I think twice. So, and now it's going to be a third time curiosity. So Shanna, you asking that question, yes. what the hell is that? made you dig into it. If you're paying attention, you see all the synchronicities and then you start feeling it and then you got to keep going with the curiosity. It it leads you to the answers. It really does. The answers are already here for us. And one of the biggest challenges that we have as human beings is that we tend to judge something for like a snapshot, right? It's like we see one part of the big picture and we're like, oh, that's bad or, oh, that's good. How many times has it happened for you where you're like, this was the worst thing ever. And then days later, you're like, oh my God, thank God that happened that way. Right. Like it happens. There's this wonderful story about this farmer and this horse, and he has this prize stallion and the prize stallion is his bread and butter. And one day the prize stallion goes missing. It's long gone. Can't find it anywhere it's gone. And the neighbors come over and they say to the farmer, oh, this is the worst thing ever. This is horrible news. And the farmer says, who knows what's good or bad, we'll have to wait and see. Well, the next day comes along and now this horse comes back with a herd of wild horses. So now he has a dozen horses and the neighbors come over and they say, this is the greatest day, celebrate. And the farmer says, who knows what's good or bad, we'll have to wait and see. So the next day comes along. His son's out training the wild horses. He gets bucked off, breaks a leg. The neighbors come over and they say, what a horrible thing. What are you going to do without your son to help you on the farm? And the farmer says, who knows what's good or bad. We'll have to wait and see. The next day comes along, the army comes to town and they're taking all the fit soldiers. They can't take the son. He's got a broken leg. Uh... You could see how the story could go on and on forever. We decide something's good or bad without having all the pieces of the puzzle. And so part of this divine invitation that I have is about really understanding that there's so much more that we cannot see. There's so much more that we cannot see. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Well, I want to jump in before we run out of time. First of all, your holistic earth, Rose Hope International. And then let's dive into this super exciting event that you have coming up on the 12th and 13th. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, I... I I was divinely called last year to give away the company, your holistic earth. It was a company I started seven years ago. It was, I was told by an angel, another angelic experience that this is something that I needed to do. And so I built that company up. Uh, We help business owners who are in this space of holistic mind, body, spirit type of work. And we help them to have better success in their business, give them opportunities. And so last year I hosted a contest, Willy Wonka style. There was no golden you know, ticket or anything. Oh, I sure wish I would have known you back then, (laughs) Deanne. Oh my gosh. And so that was such a beautiful experience. So many people were like, oh my God, Deanne, you're crazy. Like you're nuts. And it was the easiest, best decision I made. That's pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I mean, I think for me, it's like money was, is never really been the motivator for me. I wanted to change the world. That's what I want to do. And I want to shine my light. You know, that's what I want to do. So, you know, that's, that's just a big piece of who I am and how I want to show up. I'm like, that's how I'm leaving my legacy. Right. Not only that, but I know that, you know, energetically, the more I give out, the more I get in. 
And so to me, that's a win. You know, I don't even need to question that. Like to me, that's, that's easy, right? The problem for me was that I was running two businesses. So I had my spiritual practice over here and I had your holistic over here and I'm a mom. It was busy. And I was like, okay, I can't keep going the way I'm going because then I'm not walking my talk about, you know, helping people to feel healthy and all of those things. Cause I'm running myself ragged. And so I had to make that decision. So now my primary focus is making sure that the new president has success and really allowing myself to focus into my spiritual work and help people in the spiritual sense. And it's just been an absolute delight. I love that. You know, your story touched me and it's probably because of something that's going on in my life on that beach with the seashells. Ah. You get this message and you just know to listen to yourself and you're like, okay, let's go. There was another person there. When you get these messages, these, these things that you know you're supposed to do, like give your company away and you might have someone in your life who's like, are you crazy? And they question it. What do you do? Because, yeah. you know, how do you explain to someone or, or is it even important to help them have understanding? It's not about them. I've really moved myself into the position of like, they can feel their feelings and experience their experience, but this is my experience. So I've really yeah. just learned to really trust the shit out of myself. So yeah. would you have left him at the truck and gone up to the road? I would have. Yes. He when knows you, it. When you said that, I'm, okay. So if I had a company and I gave it away, I mean, I can see Jamie, like seeing, like saying, yeah, that's something you would do. And he would just probably shake his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because right. Probably is something I would do. You have to have either people around that support you or people that you just, you know, that know that that's possibility. <laughs> well, and I, I think it's important what she just said. She's like, I would have left him at the truck because yeah. you knew in your heart and in your you soul what you needed to do. And sometimes, unfortunately, that means, you know what? Sorry, you make your choice. I make mine. And you have to stand in your truth. Absolutely. Yeah. And, really and if you're wise, you should probably follow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Choose not to follow if you want to, but I'm just saying. Right, but just saying. Yeah. Good luck with that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a white truck yeah. around the bend. I'm telling you. There's uh, something really magical that happens when we stand in our truth. It allows uh, us to stand in our power. And when we do that, other people start to follow and begin yes. to trust themselves. You start to just feel so embodied by everything and you know that you're experiencing and it's this validation because yeah. you feel it in your yeah. body you're like yes that was yeah. right because you know what it feels like when it's not right in your body and that's yeah. what you have to listen to that's exactly it and there were so many times I didn't listen to it I was sick most Never. of my life because I was so resistant yeah. to listening I know to how many that. times did you go and buy something that was too expensive where you're like shit you know you just you knew it in the body mm -hmm. but your brain was like, no, but you need that person. Right? You need it. Absolutely. And this <laughs> is the conundrum of being human. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, oh. and I think sometimes when you're giving these messages, you don't even really understand them yourself. You just trust them. Yeah. So if you can't understand them yourself, then how are you going to try to get someone else to understand it? Exactly. So the reality of it is it's really not theirs. So you just stand in it and you go with it. I was thinking the other day how tired I am. Yeah. And how many illnesses I've had and these up and downs in my life. And I'm being told to take a different path. And I can't explain to anyone else why, but I just know it. Yeah. 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 Good for well, you. How beautiful. I love this. Your holistic earth. And so where would someone find this? 
So yourholisticearth.ca, we are based out of Canada, but we're international. So people from the States can join Australia, Spain, wherever you're from, you know, we welcome people. We do have a free membership option. So it's a beautiful community of heart-centered business owners. So if that's something that you're craving, we welcome you with open arms. Rose Hope International is rosehope.ca. So you can check out rosehope.ca and do some exploring if you wish to. And then you mentioned our big event we have coming up that we put on every year it's called aim higher be lifted and so actually mandy and shanna you guys are going to be doing one of our meditations uh it's an experiential event so there will be moments where we're going to do qigong and do meditation and do different we have an indigenous man doing an opening ceremony and closing ceremony for us so it's going to be a really beautiful event we do have speakers as well so there are speakers spread throughout the three days uh but it is a fundraiser it's super affordable it's 40 seven uh canadian um but if you want to upgrade and experience a sound bath which by the way if you haven't experienced a sound bath oh my gosh it's amazing and we also have a comedy night so if you want to upgrade to the vip you can have access to all of those or you can just buy them separately so if you want to just join us for a comedy night um we have comedians that have been on tv oh my god that Um, sounds so fun yeah it's it's gonna be a super super fun event so that is being run online march 11th 12th and 13th. I want to say it's 9.30 to 4.30-ish each day Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets. It's going to be super, super fun three days. Yeah. We're going to be on Friday. Yeah, 3.45. Yeah, you guys are going to wrap up the day on Friday. That's how I know I've shifted in life because my Friday nights look a lot different. You know, they used to be <laughs> like getting dressed up and bar party. Like, I know. Oh my God, let's do a spiritual bath and yes. sound bath. I know. I got to do a sound <laughs> bath Friday night. Yes. yes. <laughs> my whole energy Love just it. went up. I got all excited. I'm like in my mind thinking, oh, are they going to be spiritual comedians that are going to yeah. like crack <laughs> jokes great. about the academy? Oh God. Records? No. Like one of them is a, a very dear friend of mine and like he has done another event for me and I was like can you keep it clean it was yeah. so not clean it was like the raunchy oh. but you know what people loved it so okay you know awesome yeah. well That's I love wonderful. raunchy so yeah it's gonna be great <laughs> where can everybody find like you if they want to get an Akashic record that's rosehope.ca but rose yep okay that's what I thought betcha, okay and yeah. can I ask you why you chose rose Oh, thanks for asking. Actually, there's a pretty big message here. So I had been working with my higher self and I had done a really deep meditation with one of my mentors and this higher self came to me and I kept feeling into this word like Rose kept coming up. So Rose is my middle name, by the way. So it was a name given to me. It's a family name. And so here I was doing this divine meditation and this higher self comes in and I said, what do I call you? And she said, Rose. And so I was like, okay, that done, that's easy. Now hope of course is about instilling hope for people that like this life doesn't have to be so hard, but there was more to that too, because my maiden name was Hoff. It was spelled H-O-P-F. And a lot of people thought we just misspelled the F and it was an E. So I got called Deanne Hope all the time. Uh, I decided to give my, my higher self a last name of hope. Oh my gosh. Love it. Thank you for sharing. Uh, You're so welcome. 
And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. There's a quote that I want to share with you that just kind of ties up everything that we talked about today. It's a quote by Michael Bernard Beckwith. So uh, some of the listeners might know who Michael Bernard Beckwith is. He was on The Secret. But this is his quote. When you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see, you won't see what you do see and you will see what you won't see. Now, that takes a minute to wrap your head around. But the point is that the more we believe in what we don't see, meaning the love and the energy, right? When we believe more in that than in what we do see, then what we do see, we won't see. And what we don't see, we will see. So it's like switching that into this space of like, I can see so much more because I look at the world with an energy lens. God, I love that. That's something Willy Wonka would have said too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm doing a, an episode series that Shanna inspired me to do on my two near-death experiences. And one of them is called, I had to go blind to see. Yes, this mm. is it. This is the great unlearning that we're talking about. This is really shifting how we receive information, how we output information in a very different way than, than it has been done in the past. So I believe this is our invitation to go home in a way of yeah. like really seeing beyond what we, we thought the reality was. There's so much more. That's right. Me. There's so much more. Oh, you're so yeah. awesome. Oh, thank thanks. you for putting light in the world and thank you for coming on to the Sense of Soul. Oh, yeah. thank I love it. I love you. Thank you both so much. I'm so grateful for knowing you. I can't wait to continue moving down this journey with both of you. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks all of you listening. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.